Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. When I was a child, I used to visit my grandparents' house. It was a very large Victorian house built on some solitary cliffs overlooking the Irish Sea. It was very grandiose and lonely. This area of Wales was a very dramatic area where there were many shipwrecks. Everybody who lived in this area basically had a relationship with the ocean, whether they were shipbuilders, whether they were fishermen. This was a culture that was deeply entrenched in the sea. It had a serious history. My grandparents were very formal and very strict. I mean, this was the era of, like, children should be seen and not heard. And they had a housekeeper called Anna, and she was very young, and she worked basically in the scullery and cooked the meals. She was very sweet to me. She was a beautiful young woman. And she was a seamstress. And she would make these clothes for my dolls. Or she would always give me a lollipop or a piece of cake. Yeah, I felt this great connection with her. I really loved her. My grandparents' house, it was a very formal house. And there was this tower on this house. And you would sort of climb up stone steps, and that's where my bedroom was whenever I visited them. The thing about the room was that it had all these animals in it from various safaris that my grandfather had gone on. This is very disturbing. You see these decapitated animals on the walls. You don't know if they're going to come alive at night when you're a child. So it's very scary to sleep in a room with all of this wounded energy. One night I had been staying at my grandparents and there was this crazy summer storm going on and it spooked me. This huge storm was shaking the whole house. Anna must have sensed that I was really scared. She grasped my hand and I went up with my teddy bear and I held her hand and we went up into my bedroom. And I got into the bed. I could see these huge bolts of lightning. I thought it was going to strike the house. Said, don't worry, don't worry. 
And I saw her cross herself. And then she went down the steps. And I was completely alone. And I couldn't sleep. And the lighthouse was slashing its light right across the room. And I could hear these wild and angry waves crashing against the cliffs. And suddenly the room became incredibly cold. Arctic temperatures, freezing. figure of this woman. She looked very pale and she wore this hooded shawl and I saw that she was wet. She looked at me and I, I became paralyzed with fear. And suddenly this low moan came out of her and I felt this aura of terrible grief. It all came to me in a great rush. And she turned to the window and just seemed to evaporate away. For dear life, I clung onto my teddy bear and I pulled up the sheet and I couldn't move. I don't know how long it was. Time had stopped. And then finally, I fell asleep. And when I woke in the morning, I went downstairs to see my grandparents. And I told them I saw this figure standing at the end of my bed. And my grandparents said, Oh, nonsense, that's not possible. That's just a fairy tale. I said, No, it's not a fairy tale. They said, oh, don't be so silly. Why don't you go out and play? There was this whole kind of tension. I knew my story was real, and I felt somewhat devastated. I went to see Anna in the scullery, and I told her that I'd been visited by a spirit. Anna believed me. She knew I wasn't lying. And she told me the story, which went back over a century. Elizabeth Bowen was a beautiful woman, and she lived in my grandparents' house. She had married a young sailor, and he had sailed away on his maiden voyage. Every night, Elizabeth stood there in the tar, overlooking the wild Irish sea. She waited and waited and waited for her husband to return. Elizabeth Bowen's husband's ship sank and her husband was not coming back. Poor Elizabeth was filled with this immense grief and this sorrow. And then one day, she had thrown herself off the cliffs. Later on, when Anna went to make the bed, I went upstairs with her. Look. And I see on the floor a 
at the end of my bed, some wet footprints and some seaweed. Anna also saw the footprints. She was as scared as I was. It was an absolute confirmation that this had actually happened, that I'd been visited by Elizabeth Bowen in the night. I can go to my grave and swear that this was a true incident. I never slept in that room again. Hi, this is Deborah LeBlanc, author of Witch's Fury, and you're listening to Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast with Aaron Hunter. Welcome. I'm Aaron Hunter, purveyor of paranormal stories, the occult, and the unexplained. Welcome to RPA. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hey guys, Aaron here, and it is July 24th, 2023, episode 299. How's everyone out there around the world doing? And as always, glad to be back in the hot seat. I hope everyone's uh, enjoying their July over here in the States, and of course, I hope everyone had a safe and fun July 4th. It's always a big party over here in the States. And the weather. Man, we're getting some crazy weather over here in the States, especially on the uh, West Coast. And, of course, we're being hit by a heat wave right now. And so it's going to be a, a fun couple of weeks, I guess. Other than that, you guys probably noticed that July was uh, pretty uh, light. You know, I was away, Aaron was away, Terry was away a little bit. And, in fact, uh, this Wednesday, uh, Terry's taking care of some uh, family business. So he'll be back, though, next week. And Aaron's back. He just did a review of Netflix's Black Mirror series. So check that out. And of course, I'm back now. So we're all getting back into the schedule. And of course, I released uh, entertaining short films on Fridays. This past Friday, I released an extra uh, short film for you guys just to make up for the lack of content. So I hope you uh, enjoy those. Make sure you check them out. You can always watch the entertaining short films by going to the website, realparanormalactivity.com. Or if you have our RPA free app, you can watch all the videos and short films through the app. Fully functional. Okay, we're going to do more listener stories. So let's get the show on the road. And you guys know what that means. Oh yeah, man. Come on. Say it with me. Say it with me. That's right. To the story then. Follow me right this way. No pushing, no shoving. And the fans are going. It's nice and cool in here. Even though it's about 93 degrees outside right now. And as always... Grab a beanbag over there in the corner, find an empty spot on the floor, and don't forget to grab a popsicle. Grab two or three if you want. There's plenty. And while you guys are doing that, behind my desk here, as always, get coffee. And I printed off Britt's uh, packet here. See what story she picked out for us today. Hmm. Okay. Got a short one and two medium ones. All right, let me take a sip of my green tea real quick. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, man. So good when it hits the lips. All right, the first one. 
Okay, this one is by Scared, and it's titled Window Experience. Okay, Scared, let's see what you got, man. I have a fear of mirrors and windows, mostly windows, because after this experience, it still leaves me shaken up. It almost seems like it could be a creepy pasta, but I'm not making this up. Every word of it's true, yet I can't explain why it ever happened to me in the first place. Ever since it happened, windows and mirrors have creeped me out at night. I'm now 25 years old and a full-grown woman. I was in high school when this story took place. I used to babysit my nephew at the home. However, this night was different. I was watching TV when all of a sudden my nephew stood up and pointed to the window asking, do you see them? Do you see them? He kept asking me the same thing over and over again. There's nothing there. This is where it gets creepy. After putting my nephew to bed, I walked to the front door to the house. It's dark outside, and all of a sudden, in front of me, the light switch is moving up and down causing the light to turn off and on on its own. It's one paranormal experience I have never forgotten. Have you ever heard of anything like this? I'm still trying to cope with this experience alone. How do you overcome this fear of mirrors and windows at night? Thank you for reading. And that's from Scared. Oh man, Scared. Loved it. Yeah, that would spook me out. As far as... Um, have I ever heard of something like this before? Yeah, we got stories that come in with, uh, oh, you know, knocks on bedroom doors, uh, doorknobs slowly turning, um, things like that. Yeah, it's, it's not really unique. So you're not alone. As far as to overcome your fear of, uh, you know, windows at night or mirrors, uh, you know, that's understandable. I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm not a licensed therapist or anything, but what I would do is, uh, you know, do something that would make you feel better about the place you're staying at, like uh, smudging the place, you know, just doing something that would put you at peace. Or, you know, find a spiritual person, have them smudge the place or bless the place. Do something like that that would make you feel better. And that might help, you know. Other than that, just go talk to somebody that you trust and see what they have to say. Yeah, scared. Thank you very much for sharing. Loved it. All right. What's next? What do we got? This one is by Pudding. And it's titled, The Man. Okay, Pudding. Let's see what you got. A long time ago, when I was about 12 years old, I went to New Jersey to spend the summer with family. I have a huge family, and our roots are deep and spirits was always a conversation that I grew up hearing about. A lot of the members in my family also can see them, and some claim that they can communicate with them. So, here's the story. My cousins are three girls and a boy. The three girls shared a room, and the oldest girl was around 16 during this time. And my boy cousin, D, had his own room, and 
He was around 14 at this time. They lived in an apartment and you had to go past my boy cousin's room to get to their room. As I was staying there, I began to notice that every time they would be about to go to their room, they would run past Dee's room. So, one day I asked, how come you guys run past Dee's room each time? They both looked at me and said, there is a man in his room. I said, what do you mean? They said that if you go past his room, sometimes you can see feet and legs near the door to his room, and that's why they run past it. Again, this wasn't necessarily that frightening to me or shocking, because I grew up hearing stories of spirits all the time. One day, we were at their neighborhood pool and I forgot my towel. I didn't get in the water yet, so I decided just to run back to the house real quick and get it before I got in. My cousin D was outside with some of his friends and saw me go in the house. And, of course, no one was home because my aunt and uncle were at work and my older girl cousin was also not home. So, I went in and was walking past D's room to get to the girl's room and get my towel. And as I was walking, I had to step back slowly because I saw something out of the corner of my eye. When I did, I saw these huge feet and on the feet were male dress shoes and as I looked up slowly you could see pants. I immediately began to feel goosebumps and all the hairs on the back of my neck rose up. I ran out of the house and was outside and my cousin stopped me and asked me what was wrong. I couldn't even explain to him what it was and also he was in front of all his friends. So. When I got back to the pool, I immediately went up to my cousins and told them what I saw and they said, See? That night, Dee came and slept on the floor in the room with us. I still wonder about that to this day because that was the weirdest thing I have ever saw and I wonder, if I would have kept looking up, would I have seen a face or not? Love your hard work. And man, that's from Pudding. Pudding, thank you very much for sharing. Love the story. Yeah, that's creepy. And it seems like they're used to it. But they're just scared about it. And it looks like it doesn't do anything. It's whatever it is. It kind of appears and stands there in his room. And that last night, looks like Dee didn't want to stay in his room. <laughs> he slept on the floor. Yeah, you know, I don't know. As long as it's not bothering you. And it seems like it's not doing anything. So, yeah. You know, if you can deal with it, you can deal with it. So, yeah, thank you again for sharing. That was a great pudding. Yeah, that would spook me, tell you the truth. I wouldn't stay there. <laughs> or at least I'd get some, somebody to come bless the house or something to get rid of the thing. If it bothers you, you know. some, You know, like I mentioned in past episodes, some people like their haunted house they just they, it doesn't bother them whatever's there and they just think it's like a novelty to have a haunted house so you know there are some people like that that you know they don't care yeah to each their own all right 
What's next? What do we got? This one is by Cop, and it's titled Ghost. Okay, Cop, let's see what you got, man. In the early 1990s, I moved into a small three-bedroom house on the east side of Athens, Georgia, while attending the university. I ended up living in the house well after graduating for a total of about nine years. During that time, I had a number of roommates come and go. Odd thing is, is the house was new when we moved in, so it had no history to account for the experiences that occurred. One of the first unusual events I remember happening is on occasion when I was walking past the kitchen, which was to my left, uh, the kitchen had a cutout opening with a countertop which faced the living area. As I passed, I heard a loud clack of something hitting one of the bar stools and realized that a small glass bottle that had been on the countertop had evidently come off the counter, hit the bar stool, and landed on the floor in the living room next to where my roommate was sitting. We both were bewildered as the bottle had come way too far to have fallen and since it was a square bottle it would not have rolled to where it ended up. I definitely had the sense that it had been thrown at me as I was walking by. In those days the university was still on the quarter system and once finals were over the first week of December there was about a month without classes. My roommates went home for the break, but I had a job, so I stayed alone for that month. One night, I woke up to the sound of my dog growling. She was looking out my bedroom door into the house as she continued to growl. I peeked out, but saw nothing out of the ordinary in the dark. I tried to get her to come out with me to investigate, but she dug her feet in the floor and refused to budge. I crept to the kitchen and got a knife, quickly looked around and went back to bed, locking my bedroom door. Can't swear this was paranormal, but it definitely stuck with me. Over the years, a number of other things happened, often several things happening close together, then no activity for a long time. Radios would turn on, a growling noise in the front bedroom. One roommate reported seeing a, a shadow figure. Shortly before I moved out, I was vacuuming and noticed a hand-carved line statue was turned facing the wall. I realized that I had to turn the statue around several times before, but this was the first time I wondered why it kept happening. I fixed its position and continued vacuuming and making a circle around the table. When I got to the other side, I looked up and saw the lion was again facing the wall. Although the activity seemed to come and go, what I remember most is how heavy the air seemed. It had this hard to describe weight to it. Often at night when I was trying to go to sleep, I would have a strong sense of dread that I couldn't explain. When I would try to pin down the feeling or what was causing it, I just came up empty. This was true when I was using the front bedroom. 
The same room one roommate once told me gave her nightmares. I wish I had known about EVPs at that time. I would be curious to see what might turn up. Also, I'm not sure if it's worth mentioning, and I don't really have the sense that there is a connection, but for much of this time I worked in an old 1800s supposedly haunted building on campus where I had two paranormal experiences. Uh, thank you for reading. And man, that's from Cop. Cop loved it. Definitely creepy. I'm surprised you stayed there at that house for, what, nine years. And he said, uh, yeah, uh, you know, things would happen, would come and go. You know, something would happen. And then for a long time, you know, nothing. That's interesting. Yeah, attachments. You never know. A supposed haunted building on campus. You had some paranormal experiences there. Maybe something followed you home. <laughs> yeah, I hate attachments. I hate that concept. I don't like something to follow me home. But, uh, yeah, the lion thing. That's creepy. And that's funny. You had to do it multiple times, and then finally you realized, uh, why do I have to keep on turning this thing you know, back around. <laughs> yeah, great story. Thank you for sharing. And that is it, guys. That's all I have. As always, thank you for uh, visiting the RPA Network. And we really appreciate you guys. I'm glad you're finding something that you like, and I'm glad you like the show. And as always, you can always go to realparanormalactivity.com or use the free RPA app. If you don't have the app, just go to your app store and do a search for Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast. You'll see our iconic aqua blue eye. Just download it. It's fully functional. Stream anytime, anywhere. And that is it. I am calling it. This show has been produced by myself and Britt, and it's also made possible by LaFosse Corporation. And man, we love you guys. Oh yeah, we do. As always... Thank you, and good night. Yeah. <laughs>